0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 6 of Live and Conversation. Today, we're going to talk about a few different topics relating to my campaign. But first, I did want to, um, you know, just get on here real quick. I, I know I posted a statement about this um, previously already. I posted it actually yesterday um, about New, uh, New Jersey Lieutenant Governor Sheila Oliver's passing. Um, very sudden, and very unexpected. Um you know uh she was a, a, an amazing person for the state of New Jersey. She worked hard for people of New Jersey and she was a trailblazer within the New Jersey political sphere. so I would like to pay my personal respects to her and my thoughts and prayers are of course with her friends and family in this time um so yeah, but I did post a um official statement about that on my um Twitter or my ex, whatever it's called, and um a couple of my other platforms yesterday um so yeah, with that out of the way, um let's just get right into it. So, you know, I obviously haven't been on the podcast for a while. Um, yesterday was the first time back in the recording game, you know, I was back recording finally after like a week of being away from the podcast, and you know, it did actually give me a little bit more energy, so you know, and it gave me a lot more time to focus on a lot of other important things I had to get out of the way and dealt with, so you know, everything is great and all with that, um, but the one thing I couldn't help but to do is to go on Twitter during that week. Um, regularly, you know, cause I really didn't have much to do. Um, and you know, there were a few people actually who had criticized my campaign and, you know, I'm not going to laugh it off and I'm not going to just shrug it off like it's nothing because it isn't nothing. It is something, you know, ultimately there's people just pl- flat out lying about a campaign that I, I've put a lot of time and energy into strictly because it, they want to prove a point that is false to begin with. Um, you know, it's incredibly stupid because, you know, they're over here saying, oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to go on your profile. I'm not going on the website that you have on your profile because I, I know that I'm right, even though you aren't, but you know, whatever. I'll let it slide. It's fine. I'll just post it here on the thread for your convenience so that, you know, you can actually have your facts straight. Um, and then it's just an immediate no again. And it's like, nope, not going to read that, you know, cause I know I'm right. And that's, that's the issue with a lot of people today. They basically just assume. And, you know, sometimes the assumptions are spot on, but you know, a lot of the times they are quite inaccurate cause that's what they are. They're assumptions. Assumptions aren't always factual. Assumptions typically tend to be wrong. Um, you know, because they're that, they're exactly that, they're assumptions, you know, they're not statistically proven, they're not factual statements, they're assumptions. And, you know, you have this person talking about, you know, how I'm i am apparently gonna do all these awful things, and I'm just gonna, I, I, I just want the title, or I just want the authority, or the power, or the money. I don't care about the goddamn money. I don't. The salary of of this position is two hundred some odd thousand dollars per year. That's the yearly salary. I'm not taking half of that. I'm taking way less than that. I don't care. That money can get re reinvested back into the state because I think it's a little outrageous that we pay so much for the salary. I think it's pretty absurd, honestly. You know, um I think it's a little ridiculous and it actually does have a negative impact on the working class um, primarily because, you know, if you're, if you're put in charge to, you know, basically help the working class and then you're given a salary of, of almost $250,000 or nearly a quarter of a million dollars per year... That 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 kind of contradicts everything if you think about it because maybe you were middle class yeah, but when you start getting quarter of a million dollars somewhere around that ball ballpark, yearly, after winning, it's a little unfair. I think it's a little unfair personally. I think it it's a little ridiculous. Um, you know, I'm I'm not saying I'm not going to take anything. Obviously, you know, you got to take something. They won't just let me take nothing, and either way, you know, you gotta live. (laughs) So, you know, it's like, I'm not gonna take all that. But I'm not, I can't take nothing at the same time, you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, if you actually looked into what I felt about a lot of stuff, and you looked into the stuff I sent over, and the stuff that I had published in recent timing, you would realize that I actually care. Unlike all the shills in, in the political sphere in the modern day. Um, you know, it, it's common knowledge that if you looked at my page for, I kid you not, like five minutes, you would realize this is no joke. This is not a game. This is not me trying to get a, get a, a title or, or a, a salary. Or to make the people suffer because for some reason I quote I, I could possibly have a gain from that. I don't have a gain from that. I'm an average, middle-class citizen. I'm just your average Joe Schmo. If you really want to reduce me to that. Because that's exactly what I could fit into. That's what I do fit into. I fit into a p- middle-ground, middle-class person in this country who is tired of the crap that this government has forced onto us. Just like half of this country is. More so a smaller amount of this country because, you know, parties are divided now. Instead of having two halves, we now have four quarters. Um, And even then, those quarters aren't perfectly even because we have third parties. And here's the thing. I like third party concept. I like the concept of having a third party because it gives people more choice. You know, we can't just split it 50-50 perfectly and have only bipartisan. You know, we have to have every single party involved. We need to have more than two parties involved because, you know, we can't just have two parties and expect them to do one-size-fits-all, you know, solutions for 50% of the nation each. You know, we can't just expect that. That's a little absurd, honestly. That's what I think, at least. Um, You know, I find it a little ridiculous. Because if if you really think about it, why do we only have two parties? Because these are the two parties that have the most money. These are the two parties that have the most power, the most influence, the most connections. It's a little weird if you really go back and you do your research on, on the the way that, that all the things in the past have shaped today's political world. It's absolutely insane. Um, you know, and here's the thing. You can come on here, criticize me all you want. At the end of the day, you criticizing me for apparently wanting to steal taxpayer money and break the Constitution, even though neither of those things would ever happen if I was in charge, you saying that isn't going to affect me. It's not going to stop me because I'm going to keep running. If anything, I'm going to put double the amount of power into what I'm doing, the causes that I'm supporting, and the campaign that I'm running. I'll put double the effort into all those things now that you have tried to discourage me. Because guess what? I'm not in it for myself. I am not in it for myself. I'm in it for the opposite. I'm in it for everybody else. I've said it many times. This is pretty much becoming my slogan at this point. We need, I have said it many times. We need a budget that works for the people, not a, not, not a budget that the people have to work for. I think it's ridiculous that people have to work for their state budget. The state budget should work for the people. The city budgets should work for the people. That's what I think, because it's common sense. If we're making absurd budgets, where are we getting that money from, logically? And I know it's a very common sense answer, but we're getting it from taxpayers, the state taxpayers and the state taxes. That's why California has some of the highest taxes in the country not just because of the federal tax, it's because of the state tax and the sales tax and the property tax and the income tax. It's it's all the taxes combined. And a big chunk of that is all the state taxes. I've planned and I've promised that I will attempt to lower state taxes within my first four years because I think that's what needs to be done. Now, everybody else that's opposing me in this primary have all been very quiet on taxation. Um, but I feel like I'm the one that's been the most vocal about it because I've, I've consistently and continuously talked about economics and financials of the state. Um, you know, I, I've spoken about the economy, the infrastructure, the industry, the industries, um, that provide economic growth or are supposed to be providing economic growth i've talked about salaries i've talked about taxation i've talked about the, the state budget i've talked about i've talked about you know city budgets even um you know i've talked about a lot of stuff relating to financials and economics because that's a humongous issue. Despite what some people might think, that is a humongous issue. And one of the biggest issues causing that big issue of economic depression that is occurring in the state is because a lot of people that are in the state that are high in the class levels and have a lot of money, even the corporations, refuse to pay taxes. Whether it be state tax, whether it be federal tax, the only tax they pay is sales tax. And who knows, maybe they're not even paying that. Maybe they've found a way to completely evade state tax, including sales tax. I don't know how you could do it, but you probably could find a way. I mean, realistically speaking, it's absurd. It is absurd that we we continuously just let this happen you know we need to close these loopholes because the way that people are getting away with this is loopholes it's not because they're smart it's not because they have exemption status it's because they use loopholes that should be illegal that is exactly the issue in this country is is the fact that you know we we allow these loopholes to continue to be untouched because we're scared that the lobbyists and you know the billionaires and the millionaires are going f- are going to stop funding our our political causes. We don't need the corporations and the PACs and and the and the corporate and not the corporations and and the billionaires and the millionaires. We don't need them to be funding our political endeavors, no matter what side of the political spectrum you're on. there's no reason, absolutely none. Absolutely none. And I think that's ridiculous that, you know, people have even, you know, done what these corporations have asked just so that they can continue to get funding from them. That's, that's, that's bribery. That's very, very obvious and blatant bribery. Yet nobody's been punished for that yet. And it's a very weird question you have to ask because, you know, why? Why have these people not gotten punished? Why have these people not been been prosecuted for their crimes? You know, honestly, if I were one of the founding fathers, there would have been zero loopholes. There would have been zero ways to get around taxation. And in anything, all the people that had a bunch of money, it would be progressive tax off the bat. If I was one of the founding fathers, I would have done all that. But of course, you can't put the blame on the founding fathers because they never saw this coming. Some of them might have, or some of them might have seen something kind of similar eventually happening, but they didn't predict exactly what status that we are in currently. They did not predict the exact status that we are currently in when it comes to people evading taxes and it being pretty much perfectly legal. You know, it's ridiculous. People should not be able to throw all of their money into cryptocurrency or into offshore bank accounts so that they can evade tax. That's ridiculous. I think, personally, there should be a limit as to how much money you can send into an offshore bank account, unless that is going to somebody who is proven to have needed it, because of course there are certain circumstances, you know, people come to the U.S. for work, and then they send money to their families overseas. That's totally fine. But you can't be sending millions of dollars <laughs> into an off- offshore bank account that has had little to no activity in terms of somebody casually spending money out of that bank account in the country that that bank account is, is in. So let's just say your bank account is in the Bahamas. Let's say it's in the Bahamas because there was a really big case there, I believe, not long ago. Let's say your offshore's bank account is in the in, in the Bahamas. Right? Let's say you're actually... Let's say we're going to do it the legitimate way. This is just an example. Let's say your family and you are from the Bahamas. You were born and raised in the Bahamas, right? You go to the United States to go and... You know go go work because maybe you can't find sufficient you know employment in the Bahamas let's just say, so you emigrate to the United States for work, and your family desperately needs some of that money, right because you know they can't obviously if the employment issue was bad enough for you to have to go to the United States, then it's not so great for them either, so you send them money let's just say every month once a month, you know let's just say you send them a few thousand dollars every month that's not a big deal. You know, that's just common. That's just that's just decent. That's that's called being decent to your family. That is not a big deal, but it becomes a big deal when you yourself are from the United States, open a bank account in in the Bahamas, and then you're still living in the United States and just sending millions of dollars to that bank account continuously even if you're feeding it through different bank accounts and banks and and you know you're feeding it through and you know just like mixing up the paper trail you know that just makes it more shady i think any people who are sending a large amount of money whether it be split up a lot you know the issue is if a lot of money is coming from one person even if it's split up into different accounts you know what is the irs for If we're not putting them to work, the IRS needs to carefully and extremely monitor transactions, especially ones that go overseas, you know, typical ones where it's like, oh, yeah, just a few thousand a month to my family because they desperately need this money, you know, or oh, I I feel like sending them the money because I'm a good person. That's totally fine. You can continue to send your family money. I don't care. That's not what I think should be banned. I think what should be banned is people, you know, sending millions of dollars to a bank account that they never even really use in the nation that the bank account is based in. And, you know, there are some people that would be extra enough to go to the Bahamas just to spend a couple thousand dollars a month from their bank account in the Bahamas and then go all the way back up. If there is irregular spending patterns, that is... A clear red flag for you know tax evasion, these people need to pay taxes. I personally think we should start giving taxes um, you know and we should start working with overseas countries, particularly ones. That are the primary regions where these um, overseas bank accounts are started. You know, the Bahamas, I believe, is one of them. A lot of these nations, you know, we we need to meet with them. And we need to make very, very good agreements that would allow the IRS to tax these people if it is found to be suspicious. A couple thousand a month is not suspicious. There would be obvious limitations. And especially if you're trying to like wash a paper trail or something, or if you're transferring it between plenty of different bank accounts, or if you're putting small amounts into different bank accounts and then transferring it to a solo bank account overseas, that is clearly suspicious. Nobody in their right mind that is perfectly innocent and average would do that. I think that needs to be punished. Additionally, same thing with crypto. You know, a lot of people get out because, you know, there's no real crypto um, guidelines as per the federal government yet. You know, there's been proposals. A lot of those proposals are quite dumb, in my opinion. You know, they're quite ineffective because a lot of the people who have proposed these laws don't really know how it works. And I'm not 100% certain on how it works either. Okay, I'm not an expert on the matter. But from what I understand about it, there's no reason why these people can't pay taxes on their on their Bitcoin or their Ethereum. You know, there's no reason why they can't pay some tax. And I'm not, by, by saying some tax, I don't mean that they should get reduced tax rates. If anything, we need to base the taxes on the earnings, not on the original amount put in. Because if you think about it, that original amount put in, let's just say you put like $1,000 into Bitcoin in like 2014 obviously you have quite a lot of money now because it's just skyrocketed so obviously there needs to be a more flex flexing plan for taxation when it comes to cryptocurrency and i think i have the perfect solution for it some people have tried to propose you know oh yeah it's at the starting level like whatever money they put in in the beginning tax them based on that number no we need to tax them based off of their annual earnings We're doing it with with how we tax normal citizens, which is taxing them based on their annual earnings. Why don't we just do the exact same thing with crypto? Crypto is an unpredictable market, that's why. You know, um, it's, it's extremely unpredictable. But what I think we need to do is either we figure out a way for common sense, fair taxation when it comes to cryptocurrencies, or... We just ban them all together. There is no store that I've ever once been to that accepts Bitcoin or Ethereum, you know? And I've even gone to ask stores, do you accept this? Even though I don't have it, obviously. I've gone to ask this question to many stores because I actually want to see what their answer is. And either it's no, or are you insane? it's, It's ridiculous. Not a single store accepts these currencies because they're too unpredictable. They're too off the charts. They continuously go up and down. It's like you're using stocks to purchase stuff. It is absurd. If you really want a simplified explanation, cryptocurrency market is pretty much just the stock market, but it's decentralized. The government has barely any control over it, if any at all. And it's even more unpredictable than the stock market. That is exactly what the cryptocurrency market is. And that's why it needs to be regulated federally. There is no reason why, you know, decentralization should warrant, you know, preventing government interference. There's no government interference going on. We just want to make sure people in our country aren't being scammed, aren't being hacked, and aren't being robbed digitally. You know, we live in a world now where if you put a bunch of money into cryptocurrency, somebody could hack into your, into your wallet and steal all that money. No problem. And most times these people never get caught. There needs to be federal agency, and I this goes to every single presidential candidate um, that and whoever eventually wins the presidential election. We need to create a division of this government. You know, we have a federal government division or agency that watches the stock market. We have federal government agency that watches taxation, the IRS why do we not have one for cryptocurrency? Because the current state of this government is lacking behind in decades. Decades. They are decades behind, realistically. If we had somebody get into office that actually made sense, by now we would have a peace department a department of peace, we would have a department of cryptocurrency, you know, to watch the cryptocurrency market, prevent fraud, prevent tax evasion, you know, figure out a way in, co- in collaboration with the IRS to figure out a way to fairly tax the cryptocurrency, um, you know, we would have so many different departments, you know, um, and all these departments are things that we desperately need. And, of course, the voters also would agree with this. If I went onto the streets right now and asked people, should we start taxing people with crypto? Everybody would say yes, but you know who would say no? The people who hold crypto. Mainly the people who own large percentages and large chunks of cryptocurrency. And that's just hypocritical, because these people know that they have hit a jackpot that the government has yet to enforce, and it'll take years before the government truly enforces it, even to the level of stock market enforcement when it comes to taxation. We need to, if, if they're trying to make this into a currency, we need to, we need to taxate it as if it is a currency, such as the US dollar. People pay so much in taxes. So why don't we tax... Somebody with crypto the exact same way that we're taxing somebody with the U.S. dollar. It doesn't make sense to me. We need to tax them. And it needs to be a fair taxation system. Where, you know, if you only own like a little, little itty-bitty chunk that only makes you pennies per day. If it's something that you bought really cheap and it's still really cheap... We're not going to charge you out the out the wazoo with it, of course, you know, th- that's a little ridiculous, but you know what I think? I think if these people are holding millions of dollars in crypto, and they're throwing crypto around tax season, just so that they could evade taxes, and yes, that has happened before, plenty of times, people have had millions of dollars in their bank account, and then come tax season, they throw it all into crypto, and it's like, you can't get it now, or they throw it into NFTs, or other, you know, Web3 things, and, and you know... Online collectibles or whatever, you know they throw it into all the all the crypto and 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 the and the um what's it called and and the NFTs. Because they know that the government cannot really taxate that. They can't take your tax if it's in crypto. But we need to make that a reality. That needs to be something that the federal government can take. We need to be able to take tax. From cryptocurrency and from nfts. You know, nfts, they should have sales tax. <laughs> it's not it's not the dumbest idea ever. If you went to go buy a painting right now, you'd be getting sales tax. So why aren't we doing sales tax on nfts? It's practically the same thing. It's the digital online crypto world equivalent of a painting. So why are we not taxating this, especially because these these nfts cost an arm and a leg. I've seen some of the prices. It's a piece of art. I could go screenshot it right now if I wanted to. You're pretty much ripping yourself off. But if these people are openly trying to rip themselves off in the name of not paying taxes, then guess what? We need to slap them with a sales tax and then we need to be able to hit them with the federal tax at the end of the year because that's how we fix the economic crisis that this country is veering towards closer and closer on the daily basis. That is how we fix it because these people that are that are putting millions into cryptocurrency They don't care. They don't care about the tax system because they've they've been openly trying to get away from it. That is a big issue that this country is facing. It is the lack of modernization when it comes to you know the amendments of the Constitution, when it comes to the IRS, when it comes to the crypto market, and how that isn't being taxed or even monitored by the government to prevent hacking and fraud. You know, we have a government watching the, watching the stock exchange to make sure that doesn't happen, that it doesn't get hacked or people don't fraud you out. So why doesn't the crypto market have the same thing? And I'm not saying we should just have the same damn department watch it because it's a completely different market. We need a department full of experts on the cryptocurrency market that can ensure the protection of American citizens' assets. I'm not saying you can't have crypto, you know, you you are legally and constitutionally entitled to your assets that you own. The government needs to do a better job at taxing those assets, like they do every other type of asset, and in addition, the federal government needs to do a better job at protecting those assets. The federal government protects your stocks, so why aren't they protecting your crypto? I think it needs to be protected, but it also needs to be taxed because you can't just keep evading taxes. And in addition, the whole overseas bank account loophole that everybody and their mother uses, and even the government knows this, that they use this loophole. Those loopholes need to be shut on both federal taxation levels and state taxation levels. That's personally what I think, because the only way that we're successfully going to be able to lower taxes is if we do this. You know, um, obviously we could lower taxes by giving the rich more taxes, but what makes you think that the rich are going to pay their taxes if we just raise them by raising the taxes? That's really not doing that much. I think it needs to be like federally mandated that, you know, they have to pay their taxes. (laughs) There's no loopholes anymore. You pay your taxes. You are an American citizen. If you do not like it, you can go move to another country where there are no taxes, you know, too bad. You know, you need to contribute in the form of taxes to live in this nation. It is within the Constitution. <laughs> it is literally how this country was built, is tax. You can't just evade it by, by sending it to another country or by putting it into crypto or NFTs. Because if we think about it, it's not that far-fetched, the concept of taxing crypto and NFT. It's not a far-fetched concept. If we could tax the stocks, we can tax the crypto and we could tax the NFT. It is up to the corporations that own, you know, the the digital wallets and, you know, all of the crypto buying corporations and all that. It's up to them if they want to cooperate with the federal government on something of the caliber. I think they should. I mean, they really have nothing to hide if they have nothing to hide. And they should be okay working with the federal government to figure out a way to tax cryptocurrency and NFTs. But, you know, if they have something to hide, why are we trusting them with so much money from our citizens' wallets? It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, you know, I-, I feel like, you know, considering the generation that I am from, and, you know, how I'm, I'm, like, a really young generation and everything, you know a lot of people seem to think of my 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 um I guess view on the matter as a little weird considering you know um a lot of people within the younger generation are all go crypto 100% you know no restrictions no limitations but me I realize that this is not right and I'm like we need to tax it We need to make sure it's federally regulated to ensure, you know, that assets aren't stolen or hacked or lost. You know, that's what I personally think. It needs to be regulated to the extent that the stock market is regulated. Um, So, you know, that's just what I think about all that. Um, I'm trying to think if I have anything else to say. So, you know, I mean, back to the point of the very beginning, of course, where people were trying to say that I was in it for the money. I'm not in it for the money. I'm in it, if if anything, if I'm in it for relating to the word money is that I am in it to make sure that the people's money is not ripped from their hands and ripped from their bank accounts and ripped from their wallets for nothing to change. If money is coming out of the taxpayers' wallets, there will be change, and I will make sure there is, because there's no reason why taxpayers should be paying exorbitantly high tax rates for nothing to come of it. And the little bit of change that is coming from it is fairly minimal. It is time that we maximali- maximize maximize eh, It's time we maximize the the efficiency of what we're doing with taxpayer money. Cause if we really were efficient with how we spend taxpayer money and not just throwing it at the wall, we would have a budget that works for the people. Because then we can begin to lower taxes because we're actually thinking of things with a, with, a, with a, you know, budgeted mindset. You know, we need to set the budget lower because then we need to make sure that everything we're doing isn't being ridiculously overcharged or overpriced. There needs to be a sense of quality with the stuff that the state budget pays for, granted. But simultaneously, we cannot, you know, just be paying out the wazoo in, in overcharging. Because this isn't our money, this is the taxpayers' money. If there were no taxpayers and there were no citizens within our state, we wouldn't have money to pay for anything. So we need to really value the taxpayers' money. And we need to treat it like it's our own. Because if the the state government treated it like it was truly its own, and as if it didn't really have that much, there would be a lot more conscious, wise decisions being made with that taxpayer money and i would make sure that those decisions are made extremely wisely and extremely efficient and efficiently to the um to the state budget you know i i've said it a million times and i'll say it again i think that the state budget should work for the people and not the other way around because if you think about it the state budget is not working for the people currently The people are working for the state budget, and that is absurd. People should not have to have two to three jobs just to support our state budget. That is extremely high. I think it should actually be the other way around. The state budget should work for the people. And the people should be able to live a happy, healthy life with their family off of one full-time job. That's what I think, because it's common sense. And if you don't agree with me on that, that's totally fine. But it just makes sense. People should be able to live a good, happy, and healthy life without having to worry about putting food on the table or keeping a roof over their, them and their families' heads or paying taxes or paying for gas or groceries or rent there, there's no reason people should have to stress over that due to the economic situation that our federal government has created so single-handedly. There's no reason the, the citizens should have to receive the butt end of, of a shitty deal that the government caused. So, yeah. But um, thank you for listening to Live in Conversation. Um, <laughs> it's, this one was a little bit shorter than last time, but last time was actually the longest episode we've ever had because of of course you know i hadn't recorded in a week so uh yeah but um thank you for tuning in and listening and i will see you guys next time, time. bye